it's always a privilege and a blessing to be able to, to preach. There's a few new faces, and it's a blessing to see visitors in, in, in the church, people being saved, and we're living in exciting times, amen? God is coming soon, and we all, as Christians, ought to be ready for that time, ought to be more faithful, ought to love the Lord more. And uh, probably, probably Brother Daniel already gave some announcements, but pa Pastor asked me to give him two. I don't know if he wants me, you to hear him twice, but I'll give him to you anyways. Um, just pray for him. He's preaching this morning in Albuquerque, and he'll be back tonight. Um, today, uh, 5 o'clock, choir practice, prayer meeting, 5.30. And this coming Saturday, there's going to be practice for the Christmas play and, and, uh, with everyone that's involved. In December 17, um, we're going to be having um, Brother Sal Garcia's and his wife's funeral. And um, this morning, Brother Gomez was teaching in the Sunday school that the, that the worst thing a Christian can lose is not his life, but the will of God. And for a Christian to live is Christ, amen, and to die is gain. I mean, not that we're happy they're gone, we are going to miss them, we love them, right? But... What a, better, what a better place to be than with the Lord. Amen. Um, Christmas program, December 19th, and the watch night service on the 31st. And so we hope every one of you can come to those two activities, or I mean to those activities we're going to be having um, before the year ends. Okay, well, um, let's go to the book of 2 Thessalonians. Um, let's see. Okay, First Thessalonians chapter 4. I'm going to start it in a different verse than what I was expecting. This, morning, this morning's message is called Fight the Good Fight. And we're going to be starting in First Thessalonians chapter 4. And we're going to be reading from verse 13 to verse 18. Let's all stand up. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18. Just follow me there with your eyes. I'll be reading these verses. And the Word of God says, But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with them. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangels, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be cut up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, so much for how good you've been to us this year. Thank you for the good and thank you for what we may see as bad. As Job said, are we going to be only taking the good from God and not the bad? 
Father, help us to remain faithful and help us to fight the good fight until you come back or unless you call us home. Thank you for every person that's here this morning. I pray for your power upon my life, that your Holy Spirit would move my lips and that you would speak to your church this morning. Thank you for everything else. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Fight the good fight. This, uh, this week I met with pastor, I think it was Tuesday, we went to a funeral together, and I was telling him I'm learning a couple of songs in Hebrew, and it's pretty interesting, the words on those songs, a couple of the songs, how they long to see the Messiah, how they're, uh, they have a great and, and a very strong desire to see the Messiah, and they sing, uh, they sing with all their heart, we're longing, we're waiting, we're waiting for so many years to see our Messiah, uh, the protector, the garden of Israel, who has always been with us, they worship God, and, they're, and, and yet they're so away from God, and as I was thinking on this this morning, uh, same thing happens with a lot of Christians. Yes, we come to church. Yes, we have a Bible in our house, and a lot of us have more than one Bible in, in our houses. And yet, we are kind of far away from God, or some Christians are kind of away from God. They come to church mostly every service. They sing the same songs that we all sing, and yet their heart is away from the Lord. But maybe they're fighting the wrong fight. Maybe they're not fighting the right fight. We are happy with just doing enough where we can peacefully or, 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 or yeah, peacefully get our minds and, and say, I've done enough for the Lord, but that doesn't mean the Lord is happy with what we've done. We need to do more for the Lord. We need to love more the Lord. And, and I, I always ask the church this question, do you love the Lord more than what you loved Him last year? Or do you love the Lord more than what you loved Him whenever you got saved? It's, it's pretty amazing. When, whenever we accepted the Lord, we were in fire for the Lord. We wanted to tell everybody about the Lord. But as years progress or, or, or passes by, uh, that love grows colder for the Lord. Uh, we, be, we become more important for the Lord. Then we start making up excuses for the Lord. I'm too busy. I'm too tired. I've got work tomorrow. And, and when we first got saved, everything was, about, everything was about God. We didn't have any excuses for soul winning. We didn't have any excuses for Sunday school. We didn't have any excuses for Wednesday nights. We were there for the Lord all the time. That's why we have to keep on fighting the good fight. Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy, go, go there with me, please, 1 Timothy chapter 6. And please tell me an amen when you get that verse, that way I know you're, you're there. Okay, 1 Timothy chapter 6, and we're going to be reading verse number 12. Okay. Are you there? Amen? Okay. It says, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Paul tells Timothy, keep on fighting the good fight. The Lord's fight is a good fight. It's not just any fight. Now, we might not see the fruits of it as we live on earth. Like perhaps, let's say, let, 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 let's talk about the Apostle Paul. Whenever he got saved, God gave him a thorn, and he had that thorn until the day he died. 
You know how there's a, 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 a prosperity, prosperity gospel and a healing gospel that says God wants everybody to be healed, but we see Paul, we see Timothy, we see even the Lord Jesus Christ, that he had to die, he had to surrender his life for you. You know, we might not see the fruits of our work on this earth, but there's going to be fruits and rewards in heaven when we get there. And that's the whole goal of the Christian life. Not to focus on the things of earth, but to focus on the eternal things that will last forever and ever and ever. I tell, I tell the Spanish ministry always, all the time, if you don't enjoy singing here on church, can you imagine what's going to be for you when you, get in, when you get to heaven, worshiping God for all eternity? <laughs> if you don't enjoy it here, are you going to enjoy it in heaven? Do you enjoy your Christian life? Do you see your fight as a good fight, not just as any fight? A lot of people see religion as a complement for their lives, but not as the complement for their lives. There's a big difference between those two phrases. And the Lord wants us to fight a good fight. Paul tells Timothy, fight the good fight, not just any fight, but the fight of faith. you got to keep the good faith. If we go to Titus, Titus chapter 2 and verse 1, it speaks about the requirements for the elders and for the leaders of the church. Titus chapter 2, verse number 1, it says, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the, age, the aged man be sober, grave, temperate, sound in what? Faith. Are you there with me? Titus chapter 2, verse 2. Let's read it again. It says that the aged man be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith. We gotta, we gotta keep fighting the good fight of faith. And faith is not just to say, I believe that God will uh, do anything for me and give me anything, but having the right faith is just putting my life into God's hands and relying on Him for my future. Is faith there for the substance of things not seen? Right? Let me see if I'm uh, uh, paraphrasing it right, uh, right. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 1. I know it in Spanish by memory. I haven't said it in English in a long time. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We still don't have the promise of God of eternal life physically right now. We're not in heaven, right? <laughs> We got it in our hearts, but we're not in heaven yet. But we believe by faith, God will fulfill promises. Amen. So that's, that, that's what it's about. Fighting the good fight of faith. Not just any faith, not just any fight, but the Lord's fight and the right kind of faith. You may say, well, I go to church, will I give my tithes? And that's good. God wants us to tithe. But did you know that God wants your heart before you tithe? Did you know that God wants your heart before you come to church? You might be here in church today, but maybe your mind's not here. Maybe you're thinking, what am I going to eat after I, go to, if I, after I leave church? <laughs> maybe you're thinking, I hope my wife doesn't have me cleaning the house today. There's a, quite a few men that got red this morning. Okay. Their faces got red. Anyways, we got to fight the good fight. Now, what does the good fight involve? Number one, the, fi the good fight involves 
trials. Let's go to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 7. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 7. Okay, are you there with me? All right. It says that the trial of your faith, the test of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, through it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. I ask people this question quite often. Do you think God wants you to be happy? And the answer of most people is, yes, He wants me to be happy. But did you know that the Lord does not give an unconditional promise of giving happiness? Most of the promises of God for you to be happy have a condition, right? But God hasn't given an unconditional promise for you to be happy because God is more interested in trying your faith than for you to be happy. And trials are not, do not bring happiness, do they? They do not. Now, that doesn't mean God will not allow us to be happy. He will allow us to be happy. But God has not given an unconditional promise of happiness to anybody. God has given an unconditional promise to everybody of joy. Happiness is based on circumstances. Joy is based on God's promise. And God's promise will never fail, right? Circumstances will fail. You may buy a new car, especially if it's a Ford, and three or four years you'll be regretting it, buying it. <laughs> I'm not trying to offend anybody, but I don't like Fords. <laughs> so joy is based on God's promises. Happiness is based on life's circumstances. God is more interest, interested in your faith being strong and being pure than in you being happy. Because if your faith is strong and if your faith is pure, you'll remain faithful and strong for the Lord no matter what the circumstances are. And we're facing some difficult times in the whole world. And I think Pastor and I were talking this week that one of the most difficult things that is happening in the world is not to see the uh, homosexual movement or the abortion movement or the uh, uh, lack of moral principles. But the more or the most uh, uh, bad thing that is happening right now in, in, in the whole country is to see Christians being divided. That's the worst thing that can happen to a church. You can face a sickness, you can face a death. But if a, if a church is united and strong, they can get through with it with the, with the help of the Lord. But if a church is divided, you know, even the Lord Jesus said when the, when the Pharisees came to him and, and, and blamed him doing miracles in the name of Satan, he says, a house divided within itself cannot remain, cannot withstand. We all have different preferences. We all have different feelings and different wants. But if one thing can unite us, it's our faith. When our faith unites us, then those preference, preferences don't matter too much. Whether you like Ford, whether you like Chevy, whether you're a heathen and like Dodge. <laughs> Just kidding. When our faith is in the Lord, those things don't matter. 
when our faith is in the Lord, it doesn't matter if you like steak, if you like chicken, or if you're a vegetarian. When our faith in the Lord unites us, what matters the most is to glorify the Lord. What is the purpose of the trial of our faith? Verse number 7 says that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth through, uh, though it be tried with fire, and, that's a, and then we read the purpose of it, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. What's worth more for you? To have victory over an argument or to be to the Lord? We've become so, so spoiled. And I think we've taken uh, granted or for granted the liberties and the freedoms that we have, that we think we deserve everything and anything, and that we're right in everything. Because we have the right to free speech, but what if that freedom once, one time or another, it's taken away? The purpose is not to win an argument. The purpose of our faith is not to become bright before the eyes of the people, our purpose as Christians and the purpose of our faith is to glorify, to give honor and praise to our God. Amen. That's the whole purpose of the Christian life. Number two, what else involves fighting the good fight? Number one, it involves having trials. Number two, it involves keep going on even if others don't. Go to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Are you with me? Amen? 2 Timothy chapter 4. And we'll read uh, verse number 3 and number 4. Okay, let me get there here. I'm not yet there yet. <laughs> Second Timothy chapter 4, verse number 3. And it says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own laws shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Got to be careful these days how many fables there are around out there. Be really careful. Have a lot of care when you hear preachings or sermons on the internet, even from Baptists. Because not every Baptist nowadays preaches sound doctrine. And a lot of people are turning away from the old ways. A lot of people are turning away from the Word of God, seeking their own benefit. Seeking to have a church full of people, but people that don't even know why they're there. <laughs> yes, they're happy with the music. Yes, they're happy with the preachers telling them everything about love, but not telling, him, telling them everything how God is so holy and how we ought to consecrate our lives. But that involves fighting the good fight of faith. Seeing others go away from the Lord, but me remaining faithful to the Lord. How faithful are you to the Lord? You know, it, 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 I am so glad God placed me in this church, and I have a lot of people here that I admire. And one of them is Pastor Magmath. 
I've been here since the year of 2003, but I met, in the, I met him in the year of 2001. And ever since I met him till now, he's been a faithful servant. Did you know that not every church has a faithful servant like Pastor McMath? That's a privilege. Now that I've been in the ministry, uh, with the Spanish ministry, I found out that it's not easy to remain faithful through the years. It's not easy. It's not easy for people to mock your family. It's not easy for, for people to criticize your sermons or your cares for them. But that's a privilege to have a faithful servant in the church. It's a blessing for me to see older people here in church that I met when I first came to this church since 2003, almost 20 years. But it's also sad to see a lot of people that I met that are not here anymore. So the good fight involves being faithful in spite of the unfaithfulness of others. It's, a, it's such a great blessing to see Christians that I met back in 2003 keeping the same convictions that they had back then. That's been a blessing. Because you can, you can start ad adopting a lot of convictions into your life, but just for, uh, uh, for the eyes of people or to please pastor, but as years progress... You may lose those convictions because they were not in your heart. They were just in your mind. It's a blessing to see people that have kept their convictions. It's a blessing to see people that still love the Lord in spite of their health problems or their family problems. So that involves keeping the good fight of faith. Number three, it involves afflictions. Second Timothy chapter two, I mean chapter four and verse number five. Then Paul tells Timothy, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the good work of, of an evangelist, make full proof of the ministry. So fighting the good fight involves afflictions. We don't like afflictions. I don't like afflictions. I've been through a lot of afflictions. A lot of you have been through a whole lot more of afflictions than what I've been through. But that's what the good fight of faith involves. Don't get discouraged when afflictions come to your life. Don't get, don't get discouraged when you, uh, when you feel sad, when you feel disappointed, when things don't go your way. Just keep going on fighting the good fight. If we don't fight the good fight, yes, we might live a better, better earthly life. And what I mean by that is to have better things, better material things. Do not uh, prohibit you of taking some worldly things in your life. You might think that's a better life, but it's not a better life. The Christian life is the best life for the son or for the child of God. If you're not a child of God, you can do whatever you want. But if you're a child of God, you can't just live your life like you want you got to fight the good fight. you got to fight for your marriage. Yeah. It's not easy. I mean, I'm not married, but... <laughs> I'm in the ministry, and I've counseled a few marriages. And to be honest with you, sometimes I'm fearful. And I say, God, am I going to encounter those problems when I get married? If I get married? But fight for your marriage. Fight for your kids. 
It's not easy fighting for kids, not with the kids, for kids. <laughs> it's not easy fighting for the kids when they get rebellious and away from the Lord. But you've got to keep fighting the good fight. Have your kids brought any afflictions to your heart? Fight the good fight. Fight for your faith. Have your faith or has your faith brought you any afflictions? Do your relatives not believe you? Do your kids criticize you for being spiritual? Fight the good fight of faith. It's a fight. How many of you like boxing? No? Only one person, two, three? <laughs> if you like boxing, they don't stand in the ring just touching their faces like that. <laughs> come here, come here. They don't do that, right? They're going there to fight. How many of you remember those series of movies of Rocky Balboa? How they put, uh, or how they got his eyes all swollen, full of blood. That's a fight. The Christian's fight is not just a caressing fight. It's, it's a hard fight. It's not with people. I'm going to get home and I'm going to kill my husband. No, no, no. It's not with people. The fight is not with people. The fight is spiritual. Let's go to the book of Ephesians. And I'm taking more time than what I ought to. I'll be done here in a little bit. Ephesians chapter 6. Paul tells this church what the good fight is about. And we read in verse number 12 that says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You're not wrestling against your kids. You're not wrestling against your mate or your wife or your husband or your parents or your co-workers. Are you there with me? Ephesians 6, 12. It says, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And if you, if, if you pay attention to this verse, you're not fighting just against any demon. You're fighting against the high-end demons. The best that Satan has. So the fight is not against people. The fight is not against, you know, other churches. The fight is against Satan. And we might be fighting for what is right, but if I, if I stop doing what is right, then what is worth? Right? You can fight for any cause, but if you don't have it in your heart, what is it good for? We have to keep on fighting the good fight, and the good fight involves afflictions. And lastly, the good fight involves fights. <laughs> the good fight involves fights. Go to the book of Colossians, please, chapter 1. Colossians. Chapter 1 and verse number 28. And it says, Whom we preach, 
warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my, fa my face in the flesh. We have to fight a fight, number one, with ourselves. You have two or three main enemies in your lives. But the worst enemy that you could think you have is not the devil. Because a lot of people, they pay more attention to the devil than what they would pay attention to God's word. Oh, the devil wants me dead. Oh, the devil wants me this. Oh, the devil's taking my kids. The devil's not the worst enemy. The worst enemy you have is yourself. That's the worst enemy. Pride? Selfish, selfishness? Self-sufficiency? So the worst enemy we have is not the devil. The worst enemy we have is ourselves. And that's why we have to keep surrendering, surrendering to the Lord every day. The Apostle Paul says in verse number 29, it says, Whereunto I also labor, striving according to His working. There's another verse where the Apostle Paul said that his flesh would not do what he wanted the flesh to do. The second enemy that we face on this earth is Satan. He's always trying to keep you discouraged. He's always trying to keep your eyes off of Jesus. Because he knows that if you have your eyes on the people, and he knows that if you even have your eyes on the pastor, eventually you'll be discouraged. We're all humans. At one point or another, somebody's going to fail you. So that's, what, that's why Satan works so hard not to show himself to you as a demonic person he is, but to keep your eyes off of Jesus. He's working hard. How many of you, don't raise your hand, but how many, how many of you struggled to get to church this morning? Saying, I don't want to go. I don't want to see that person. I don't want to hear pastor preaching about, against my sin. Well, that's what happens with Satan. He's trying to get your eyes off of Jesus because if he gets your, eye, your eyes off of Jesus, he'll get you out of everything that involves Jesus. Maybe not right at the moment, but eventually he will. Eventually. How many young ladies have put their eyes on some other young ladies that used to be Christians and that used to dress properly, but they put their eyes on those ladies and say, well, look at that girl. She doesn't dress up rightly anymore. Why should I? Well, Satan's trying to get your eyes off of Jesus. And number three, our third enemy is the world. And by saying that, I'm not saying that a tree is your enemy or a rock is your enemy. What I'm trying to say is that the philosophy that's now abiding in this world is your enemy. 
And we can go to the book of James chapter 4, please. James chapter 4. Now, you come friends with your enemy, which is the world, then you become God's enemy. James chapter 4 and verse number 4. Listen what it says. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the what? World is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Go to the book of 1 John with me. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 15. Are you there? Okay, it says, Love not the what? The world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in who? In him. You can put your name right there. How does the love of God perfections our hearts? when we get away from the world, from the philosophy of the world. What does the world say? You don't have to be in church all the time. You can just be religious enough. Maybe one service will do for the week. What does the Bible say? Hebrews 10, 25. I don't know if I remember in English. I can say it to you in Spanish. No dejando de congregarnos como algunos tienen por costumbre. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves or yourselves, right? The world's philosophy gets you away from the Lord. And we keep reading on verse number 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world, of the philosophy of this current age. Verse number 17. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Keep on fighting the good fight. Hey, you might be different from your friends out there. You might be different even from your relatives. But that's fighting the good fight. It's stay, it is staying away from the world, from the philosophies that only take you away from the Lord. It's not easy to be a young Christian nowadays with all the pressures and the technology that there's out there. It's not as easy as it used to, especially with uh, a lot of carnal Christians in the church being a bad influence, for, bad influence for other Christians. But it's not impossible. Everything's, imp uh, everything's possible with God. If you want to live the Christian life, it's possible, but you have to surrender yourself to God. You have to keep your eyes off of people and put, uh, and put your eyes upon the Lord Jesus. Amen. Keep on fighting the good fight. Let's finish back in 1 Timothy chapter 6. I don't know, the time just flew by. It seems like I've just, I've just been preaching for like 10 minutes. Have I? First Timothy chapter 6. And we'll finish by reading verse number 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. And lastly, I want to finish with this.
fight the good fight because you have many witnesses. You have many people watching you. This world is looking for true Christians. This world is not looking for a false religion anymore. As of a matter of a fact, that's one of the purposes that the Antichrist will have to reunite all religions into one because people will be tired of religion. People are tired of seeing fake Christians. The problem is not with the lost world. They've always been lost. They've always been lost. The problem nowadays is with Christians not fighting the good fight of faith. Not being a witness to others. A good witness. Because you can be a witness, but you can be a bad witness or a good witness. What kind of a witness are you? Are you fighting the good fight of faith? Let's all bow our heads.